Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 295 on Now You Know. And I want to stop and thank our amazing Patreon patrons. If you want to help support us, bring you independent news every week, you can head over to patreon.com slash now you know. There's some really cool perks and uh, all the Patreons watching know that already. This episode of Tesla Time News is sponsored by Skillshare. Skillshare offers thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people on topics including design, photography, video editing, freelancing, and more. I've been taking this class called Productivity Habits That Stick by Mike Vardy. What have you learned? I learned how to create a framework to keep my attention on task during the week. I know you're into productivity. Have you been looking into classes like this before? Honestly, I haven't had time to look for classes before. Well, then how do you find this class then? Well, Skillshare is curated, which means there's only good content on there. So I found this class in like 10 seconds and it's divided into eight bite-sized sections. So when I inevitably got called away, I could easily come back and pick up where I left off. And Skillshare is affordable. It's less than $10 a month with an annual subscription. And we're grateful to Skillshare because they're offering the first 1,000 people to use this link or sign up with the code now you know will get a one-month free trial to Skillshare. And we're brought to you by BigBattery.com. No matter what you need to power, Big Battery can provide you with the latest battery tech at the best price per kilowatt hour guaranteed. Their batteries are easily installed, require zero maintenance, and they're made right here in the U.S. Pick up yours today at BigBattery.com and use the code now you know for 5% off at checkout. Now are you here this week? I'm here. here. Yeah, look I'm, at this. I can't stick my arm through you anymore. Uh, we are here together. That was a really tricky show we did last week, but yeah. I, I mean, a lot of you didn't know that we weren't in the same studio. <laughs> like, so I guess we pulled it off. So are you feeling better? Feeling great. Great. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Uh, it worked. I didn't get it. So knock on wood. Rock on. <laughs> the show must go on. Here we go. All right. So what happened last week with Tesla stock uh, taking that nosedive midweek? Yeah. You mean this dip to around $826 a share on Thursday, right? Yeah. I mean, Tesla had a great Q1 earnings call. So what was going on? Well, Elon was buying Twitter. That's what was going on. Mm, how does that? Well, remember, Elon needed to raise some cash for his $44 billion Twitter deal. So according to SEC filings, he sold 8.4 million shares or about $8 billion worth of Tesla stock, or about 6% of his Tesla holdings. Now, Elon still holds about 16% of Tesla's shares, although he had owned about 22%. Mm. Now, the good news is that Elon said, quote, no further Tesla sales planned after today. But didn't Elon also say back in like 2013, just as my money was the first in, it will be the last out? Yeah, he did say that. And it's got a lot of Tesla shareholders upset because it appears that he's so focused on buying Twitter that he may have kind of lost his focus. And what's the bad news? Well, you know what? I want to talk about this on the Now You Know Investor Club bonus story, so please consider joining us on Patreon, but there is a lot to talk about over there. Uh, before we go on, if you didn't catch it, Jesse and I are really proud of last week's In-Depth, where we scientifically tested which is more stressful, at least to Jesse, a Tesla driven around the streets of Boston by a human, Jesse, or driven by Tesla's FSD beta. 
yeah, it was a whole lot of work to set up and, and go test and, and to kind of sift through all the data. It's really interesting. I think we're going to probably talk a little bit more about it on Patreon bonus stories this week. So yeah, I know it came out on Saturday, which it normally comes out on Friday. We were just trying to get all the last finishing touches done. Um, so I know a lot of people kind of missed it because they're used to scheduling time for Friday and I appreciate that. But I mean, honestly, I don't think anyone else has done this experiment yet. Mm. So I mean, it's a really fun and scientific experiment. Yeah. And I think we'll get into more of the analysis over on Patreon bonus story. So it seems the media loves to play this game where they make a big deal about Tesla recalls. Yeah, remember back in February when the media said that 800,000 Teslas had to be recalled because of a seatbelt issue. As we reported back then, the issue was just with a warning chime that didn't play under very specific conditions. The whole recall was fixed with an over-the-air update. No need for customers to bring their cars in for repair. It was just some software that needed tweaking. Well, the media is at it again. The recall is referring to 48,000 2018 through 2022 Model 3 performance models where the unit of speed either miles per hour or kilometers per hour, may fail to display on the speedometer while in track mode. That's it. And Tesla will send owners a notice by June 6th. My guess is that Tesla will be sending over-the-air updates by then to fix this. I guess it's a glitch. Glitch in the matrix. So can we stop calling them recalls? I mean, a recall usually means that you have to bring your car into the dealer to get work done. Can we call them Totosu instead? Totosu? Tesla over-the-air software updates. It's not the worst acronym I've ever well, heard. Well, come up with a better one down in the comments below. <laughs> There's got to be something better than recall. Yeah, because again, what you're going to be driving along and you're going to be like, am I going 50 miles an hour or 50 kilometers an hour? Whoa, <laughs> safety, help, and you're, and you're in track mode, so you're probably out of track. You probably know what you're right. doing. If you bought track mode, put the car in track mode, you're going to know the difference. I just wonder why Tesla, though, couldn't fix this in two seconds, though. It's they probably can. It's probably a bunch of red tape. I'm sure Nitsa sent an email and someone said, oh, I'll get right on then. Well, hang on, actually. You have to fill out form 65B and uh, let everyone know how you're going to be fixing. And they're like, oh, I already finished the code. Do you want me to implement it? No, you yeah. have to mail out then you have to send it back in triplicate look all of this is fine i think that recalls are are good we should have recalls right. i just think that we we made recalls back when we invented the car mm -hmm. great i think that's all good maybe, maybe we, we update, update it maybe we say you know hey when we came out with the first safety recall you know cars didn't have right. windscreens or they computers were horseless <laughs> carriages right. so maybe we do a little bit of an update and say, right. hey, if this is a software update, send them an email, text them right. to let them know that their car is going to be fixed and that they should say yes to the update. That's it. So let's go back in the time machine for a moment to 2016, shall we? Remember, the Tesla board approved $2.6 billion to buy Solar City. Some Tesla shareholders decided to sue Tesla, saying that the acquisition was no more than a bailout of a failing solar company. Tesla's board settled the lawsuit, but Elon did not and decided to plead his $13 billion case to the court. You may remember that the trial finally took place last July, but it took the judge, Vice Chancellor Joseph Leitz of Delaware's Court of Chancery, until last Tuesday to release his ruling in which he said, The preponderance of the evidence reveals that Tesla paid a fair price. SolarCity was, at a minimum, worth what Tesla paid for it, and the acquisition otherwise was highly beneficial to Tesla. Musk was more involved in the process than a conflicted fiduciary should be. So the judge felt that Tesla did benefit from buying SolarCity, especially SolarCity's energy storage systems like the Powerwall. But the judge did feel that Elon probably should have recused himself when the board was discussing the deal and was more involved than he should be in the whole thing. Investors could still appeal the decision, but hopefully now we can 
move on. I can't believe they stuck with this lawsuit against Elon since 2016. Do you realize what a risk he took, though? That's a $13 billion lawsuit. So yeah. if he had lost it, like he'd have to write a check or something. And he was willing to go to the mat and say, look, I'm fighting this all the way. Right. I don't think he would have ended up having to pay $13 billion. If he could have. He could have, though. That would have been the maximum. Whereas a settlement was probably in the millions. That's true. Which is pocket change for him. He's very... Principled. Principled. He he was like, you know what? No, you're not going to... You're no. not going to sue me I didn't me do anything on, wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Even the, the judge said that he, he did a little bit more than he should have. But, I mean... It was a fair deal, which right. is what most people thought of the deal back then. Yep. And I mean, all you have to do is look at the financials. It, we've gotten more evidence over the years that it was a good deal. But you win some, you lose some. Yeah, we're talking about Elon's recent petition to the courts to have his Twitter police deal with the SEC rescinded. Elon claimed that the SEC has been using their power to harass him and impede on his First Amendment rights. Last Wednesday, U.S. District Judge Louis Lyman in Manhattan released his opinion in the case, saying Musk cannot now seek to retract the agreement he knowingly and willingly entered by simply bemoaning that he felt like he had to agree to it at the time. But now, once the specter of the litigation is a distant memory and his company has become, in his estimation, all but invincible, wishes that he had not. So several emails and text messages between Elon and the Saudi Public Investment Fund during the 2018 Take Tesla Private tweet were released, um, and we'll be covering those more on Patreon bonus story. But I think that this is where Elon's takeover of Twitter came from, is this mm. idea that his First Amendment rights are being uh, trampled by the SEC. Hmm. Why didn't he just buy the SEC then? It's a government agency. Oh, I you forgot. Can't buy the, you, well, you can buy the SEC, which we've <laughs> definitely been able to see. But you don't, you don't make an offer. I don't know how you do it, you know, because I'm an upstanding <laughs> right. American citizen. I'm not one of these shady people who probably hires lobbyists and takes people out to golf. And right, or fancy calls somebody's boss. And, right, yeah. exactly. Elon, you don't start like, playing golf. Start playing ball the way they want. It's cheaper. And hey, if you'd take just a second to hit the like button, we'd really appreciate it because it really helps out this show. So last week, Tesla stopped including mobile connectors with the delivery of Tesla vehicles. This prompted a bit of an outcry as people who rely on those chargers pushed back. Elon said he would lower the price from $400 to $200 and make it easy to order with the car. And it appears that Tesla has done this. The mobile connector is priced at $200 on Tesla's website, although it's still sold out. And there's a second where you can add the connector to your Tesla order. And according to some reports, all deliveries for the next several weeks will come with the mobile connector included. Now, was this just a way for Tesla to reduce demand for the connector? Yeah, well, I know that plenty of people use the connector. Uh, there are others that charge some other way, either some wired into the house uh, charger, or maybe they generally use public charging and they don't have any access to like an outlet. And so if Tesla was about to run out of mobile connectors, they might have had to stop deliveries, which oh, of the cars, of the cars, which would have been bad. And I think that they know that about 20 percent of drivers might never use the mobile connector. Mm. And so uh, what can they do to keep deliveries going? You can stop delivering the cars with the connector, even if 80 percent of people still want the connector and are going to pay two hundred dollars, which I think is probably cost mm -hmm. for the mobile connector. There's a lot of copper in there. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, that's what Tesla was willing to do in order to continue deliveries and, and not just be like, oh, sorry, we ran out of connectors for you. I don't know. I think that the chip shortage and, and other componentry is probably at a premium and they just don't have the 
pieces. So according to Electrek, on Tesla's official Chinese Weibo account, they launched this. The 2022 World Power Battery Conference Power Battery Integration and Management Technology Challenge. That's translated from Chinese. Right. <laughs> it challenges teams to submit designs for a 2170 pack for the Cyberquad with prizes up to $30,000. Well, hang on. The challenge is for other people in the world to come up with a battery pack for the Cyberquad? Why doesn't Tesla come up their own design? I think that it's for schools, um, but they said that it's not just for student teams, but also innovation and research teams. You know what I think this is? Yeah. I think this is a recruiting tool for Tesla. I think this is their way of like, because let's be honest, mm -hmm. they could come up with their own battery pack. For the Cyberquad, it's going to be relatively easy. Right. And it also, I don't even think the Cyberquad is going to be a huge seller in China. I think that they're doing this because it's a great way to attract people to apply and then you get to see how good they are and then you go hey you want to work for us it's a great project i'll be honest yeah. uh building a small battery pack i mean heck we've done it we could do it let's submit yeah. just in case you don't know we have a series where we built this battery pack out of 18650s that we got out of mobile routers right and then we uh ran a lawnmower with it um yeah just to pack this size and so i think that this is a great little project for people to do yeah in China, I guess they want to show like, how do you build a battery pack? And okay. Yeah. I mean, I urge you if you're on the fence about, you know, joining this competition, just do it for the fun of it. You know, you're going to learn a lot. Isn't it just for people in China? I don't know. I mean, if, if you're watching in China, join it. <laughs> That's true. So if you want to order a new Model Y long range right now, you'll be expecting to pay about $62,990 and waiting until February or May of next year to take delivery. Yikes. What if I don't want to wait nine to 12 months? Well, you could always get a used one. Oh, yeah. I might even save some money. Well, no, actually. Uh, a used Model Y selling now is going to set you back over $75,000. Wait, wait. No, it, it's okay. I don't need a brand new one. Maybe like a year or two old with a couple dozen thousand miles on it is fine. Yeah, expect to pay over seventy-five grand. Here, take a look at some of these examples. Whoa. I guess this gives you some idea of the demand Tesla has that people are willing to pay over $10,000 more for a used car just because they want it now. I want it now. Yeah, and what I think a lot of people are missing here is that if Tesla had some way, had some way to be making more Model Ys and delivering them to customers faster, they could charge more for them. Not that you're saying you want Tesla to charge higher prices. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I would like them to keep the prices the same. Or lower. Right. But even just by doing that, they would essentially be able to take more market share away from their competition. Uh, not just EV market share, mind you, all vehicles, because it's such a high demand item. It's just that right now when people say, oh, it's going to be a year, man, well, oh, I don't know. And that's that's stopping a lot of people. If they can be, you know, just a couple weeks away from their Model Y, uh, th then they're going to go, well, I was going to get, you know, a Subaru or something, but this looks really good. So in a recent interview with CNBC, Mary Barra, the CEO of GM, apparently said that General Motors will begin tying a significant part of its long-term executive compensation with the company's electric vehicle goals. Although, I couldn't find an actual quote anywhere. According to CNBC, starting this year, Barra said that compensation targets will include volumes of EVs in North America as well as launch timing and quality for such vehicles. So, I mean, this is good, if a bit late. Now, just to kind of get a sense of what we're talking about, what are GM executive compensation plans looking like these days? 
Well, to start with, uh, Mary Barra, she made $29.1 million last year. That's up 23% from the year before. And most of this was in stock awards. What about someone lower on the totem pole, like, I don't know, Mark Roos, uh, GM's president? He made $8 million last year. Most other executives earn less than that. What about Elon? What does he make as uh, CEO of Tesla? Well, in 2018, Elon's salary on paper uh, filed with the SEC was $23,760. In 2019, what? $23,000? I made more that year. In 2019, it went up uh, to $56,380, but Elon never accepted it. So essentially, in those two years, it was zero. Uh, But under Elon's 2018 compensation agreement, if Tesla hit 16 operational milestones, which they did, then Elon would get these big stock options. So in 2020, Elon got zero dollars in like salary, but he got stock options that were worth six point seven billion dollars that year and are now worth. $22 $22 billion because the stock price went up. So, I mean, I think before we act all amazed that Mary Barra earns $29 million a year, we should talk about Elon's compensation plan. Right. I mean, if you remember, Elon negotiated an options plan back in 2018 that had him earning nothing through some of the hardest years at Tesla. The plan involved incremented targets related to market cap, as well as a requirement of a target revenue or EBITDA. All told, Elon brought Tesla's market cap from $59 billion to over $1 trillion and earned himself about $23 billion. Okay, so even if we divide that out over t- the 18 years he's been working at Tesla, mm-hmm. that's still over a billion dollars a year. Yeah, sure. Retroactively. Sure, but he more than 16X'd the company in just three years. Since Mary Barra joined GM in 2016, it's grown barely 28%. But I guess that begs the question whose pay at GM is going to be significantly tied to EV production? And will it be the kind of incentive package that Elon got? Okay, who knows who will be affected? And no, I don't think it will be any way close to Elon's deal. GM is in survival mode, not growth. And even if they did offer billions of dollars, I doubt most executives working at GM have the guts to go years without pay, even if the payoff was huge. But I do want to point out, uh, going back to Elon, this makes Elon the highest paid U.S. chief executive by a long shot. Do you know who the second highest paid CEO is? Tim Cook? Good guess. Uh, Mike Pacotes of Oak Street Health. He got a measly $568 million in 2020. But as Elon says, the reason for the stock options is that they're needed to help pay for humanity to get to Mars in 10 to 20 years. Now, I want to go back to GM's move to tie executive pay to EV goals. Why are they doing this? Why? I think Mary Barra has a serious problem at GM. What's the incentive of a senior VP of this or that to actually produce enough batteries or EVs instead of just saying, well, the team tried really hard this quarter, Mary, but it's been tough. I mean, supply chain problems, the coffee bar broke for a couple of weeks, and also the corporate retreat got canceled due to COVID. So morale has been really low. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is GM's only shot at actually reaching any of their targets. And honestly, I think it's a little too late because what this is showing is that GM is currently not hitting their EV targets, despite I thought that they were the leader in EVs. We have been the leader in the United States. You electrified the entire automobile industry. You led, and it matters. It's one thing to say it, it's another (laughs) thing to do it. You did, Mary. And speaking of GM and Chevy, uh, GM's president, Mark Roos, said, yes, in addition to the amazing new Chevrolet Corvette Z06 and other gas-powered variants coming, we will offer an electrified and a fully electric Ultium-based Corvette in the future. In fact, we will offer an electrified Corvette as early as next year. 
Details and names to come at a later date. In addition, we also announced today Ultium Platform's Energy Recovery System, a patented onboard system that takes the heat generated by EV batteries and uses it to warm the cabin, create more efficient charging conditions, and even increase vehicle acceleration. And it can boost the vehicle's range by about 10%. It's a perfect example of how developing a ground-up EV platform like Ultium enables unique features not easily done with a retrofit. Okay, let's hang on. There's a lot to unpack there. So an electric Corvette. Electric, whoa, whoa, whoa. Early as next year, he said an electrified Corvette. That means that they're going to, it's going to be electrified, not electric. Well, I think there's going to be a PHEV, but I think there's also going to be a battery one. Not as early as next year. He said right, electrified, no. right, right, right. which just means it's a hybrid. Right. Um, maybe it'll be a plug-in hybrid, although Corvette, Corvette owners, plug-in hybrid. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, look, some of the most powerful sports cars in the are world hybrids. are hybrids. So I can see how you would do that. And I mean, this is why I buy Corvettes is to drive in the snow well, you know? Yeah. What's up with this? What? Isn't that why everyone gets a Corvette? I don't think you can drive in the snow no. with a Corvette. So, okay. So at some point they're going to make a fully electric Corvette. Okay. But what is this thing about uh, their energy recovery system? He kind of started to mention it and then I just kind of, we've had this already. This is, this is a, this is a heat loop. Uh, Tesla's do it. I remember we covered story back in like 2016 where like the Jaguar I-Pace was going to have this. Right. Batteries create heat and you need to get that heat away from the batteries and yeah. Regardless. You, right. Regardless. And you can either throw it away to the outside or you can heat the cabin with right. it. It's, this is not revolutionary. No. Um, it's good that they're doing it, um, but it's not. Maybe this is one of his goals. Heat the cabin more efficiently. Check, where's my compensation package? <laughs> and can you just say Osborne effect here? If you don't know what Osborne effect is, go check out our in-depth right here on it. But basically the idea is once you introduce a new product that's coming up, no one wants your existing lineup of products because they're like, I'm going to wait for that. You know, the new iPhone or right. whatever. And they might even jump ship to someone else who has something right. similar to it, which is exactly what Tesla has. I don't really anticipate uh, this Corvette, even the electric one or the electrified one, beating a plaid. Uh, you got to ask yourself when you're going to plonk down whatever ridiculous amount of money they're going to ask for this Corvette is, but do I get a plaid? They've gone to plaid! Or are you just such a Chevy fan thing. that you got to stick with it? Yeah, but then are you going to regret it someday? Yeah, there's going to be some regret. On April 26th, probably because Ford started deliveries of the F-150 Lightning pickup truck, Chevy released a new Silverado EV pickup truck teaser video. Yeah, so in it, Chevy reminds us about some of the features that they had previously announced, like the four-wheel steering, the standard fast charging up to 350 kilowatts, the estimated 0 to 60 time of less than 4.5 seconds, the 60-40 rear split seat with the mid-gate. They did point out the up to 400 miles of GM estimated range, but I would like to point out that that will most likely be with a 200 kilowatt hour battery pack, not an option that many buyers are gonna want to shell the money out for. But one thing that we hadn't seen before are these two new cab options. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they're really gonna come out with them or if those are just CGI, but I mean, that's pretty cool if they do. And I like seeing the tool rack option with the charging because we'd heard about it, but I hadn't really seen it in place. That's really neat. Silverado EV has some really cool specs and features, and I'm really excited to get our hands on one. We have a reservation. So that's another reason to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, so you'll be one of the first to experience our videos where we'll be putting the Silverado F-150 Cybertruck and Rivian all Head to head. Yeah, I mean, Ford just announced that they're doubling the amount of production of the F-150. We just put it in our reservation for a red one. I figured we got a blue Rivian, a red Ford, 
maybe the silver Cybertruck, and I don't know what color Silverado, but red, white, and blue is the theme I was going nice. for. Nice. Okay. You know. Hey, and if you're a Cybertruck reservation holder and you want to know where you're at in line, check out our friends over at the Cybertruck Owners Club. They sponsor the show. And there you're going to find their crowdsource reservation tracker that you can update, find your place in line. Check out their website for Cybertruck news, discussions, and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. And don't forget their 3D configurator where you can visualize the Cybertruck in any color, wrap, and logo. So Jesse and Ethan just reviewed yet another great e-bike model over on our sister channel. Now let's review. There are... So many e-bike companies and models to choose from right now. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's like every one of their brothers making an e-bike. The Ride One Up Core 5 that you just reviewed looks like a really good choice for many people. Yeah, I was really impressed with the integrated battery. I mean, look at it. You can barely tell it's an e-bike. And it was really well built and designed. But I think one of the most amazing features is the price, which I think fooled you, right? Yeah, I had no idea the price until Ethan told me. And I was kind of shocked, honestly. You're going to have to go check out that video to find out what Jesse is talking about. We put a lot of work and time and energy into making these videos for you guys. And we hope you'll check them out on the Now Let's Review channel and subscribe for many more fun videos to come. So we've been reporting on legislation in Florida. HB 741 passed by the House and SB 1024 passed by the Senate that would effectively end net metering and make solar electricity more expensive in Florida. We shared how these bills were heavily influenced by Florida Power and Light, Florida's biggest electric company. We asked you to contact your representatives and governor and tell them not to vote for it. Well, it seems democracy worked this time. Governor DeSantis surprisingly vetoed the bill, saying the legislature passed HB 741, which in part authorizes public utilities to impose additional charges to recover lost revenues resulting from residential solar generation that exceeds the public utilities estimate. The amount that may be recovered under this provision is speculative and would be borne by all customers. Given that the U.S. is experiencing its worst inflation in 40 years and that consumers have seen steep increases in the price of gas and gross as well as escalating bills, the state of Florida should not contribute to the financial crunch that our citizens are experiencing. Okay, so what happens to this uh, bill now that he's vetoed it? Well, it goes back to the Florida House where the governor could be overridden if two thirds of the legislature votes for it. Now, it came out of the House in a vote of 83 to 31, which is more than two thirds. So it looks like they do have the votes. But I will point out almost 90 percent of Floridians polled are against this bill. And I think that's why the governor was like, OK, well, if most of you don't want it, I will veto it. Now, I mean, this makes sense. He wants to stay elected. Uh, how many votes do we need to flip here? Like if, if people living in Florida and they want to call up their representatives? Not many. I mean, yeah, it's really important you guys get on the phone and email your representatives, because uh, if you just flip a few reps, then it'll stay vetoed. Because I just want to point out uh, Florida is the I think it's the sunniest state. In it's, the yeah, it's called the Sunshine State. Yeah. yeah. Right. Done your uh, frickin' license plates. So it would be good to keep the net metering, you know, for the people who have solar, because otherwise they're going to want to get off of the grid and right. put batteries in their homes and go out there with some, some <laughs> cut the line. Yeah. Don't. I mean, why are we letting power companies control us? You know, right. power to the people. Yeah. Now, it wasn't just Tesla that had a great first quarter this year. US EV sales broke all previous records in Q1, reaching over 200,000 EVs sold. Uh, this is the first time ever that we've seen sales numbers like this. Yeah, now let's take a look at this US EV sales chart. The dark blue bars represent quarterly US EV sales. The red line are the cumulative sales. So you can see that we reached over 2.6 million EVs sales since 2010. 
The green line is California's cumulative sales of over 1.1 million since 2010. So definitely California has been uh, driving this, even though California only makes up about 12% of the U.S. population. Californians bought 39% of all EVs. Uh, but what do you think pushed Q1 EV sales so high? Right. I mean, could it have been the Super Bowl ads for EVs or gas prices going up or just that people have been putting off their ICE car purchases and were waiting to get into an EV? This chart of EV sales by quarter in California from 2019 to 2022 shows that this year is going to be huge for EV sales because look at that blue line there. Uh, just see how fast it's rising. And don't forget who has 75% of the EV market share in the United States. Uh, what, a little company called Tesla. Yeah, let me show you the top 10 models sold. Uh, as you can see, number one and two are the Y and the three. Now, notice that coming in third is Ford with the Mustang Mach-E. Wow, good for them. Yeah, but um, it's a little misleading because third place is so far behind second place. Let me show you what I mean. Model 3 sold 46,707 units. The Mach-E delivered 6,734 units. So about 40,000 less cars, and yet it's still in third place. Whoa. Okay. So, yeah, distant, distant third, uh, followed up by the Tesla Model X, which I I'm amazed that they're selling in such volumes. I'm glad to see the Hyundai and Kia and then the Model S. Yeah, I was surprised to see it so far down the list. It beat out the Nissan Leaf. I know, right? That's amazing. Um, also, EVs represented 5% of the overall auto market for the first time in the United States. Yeah, 5%. I mean, we've been on the show now for years talking about 1%, 2%, 5%. That, I think, is like we're getting to the tipping point for sure. Because you might be saying, well, 5% is a very small number. That is not most of it. it yes, but you have to keep in mind we've been doing one, mm -hmm. two, five. Pretty soon it's going to be 10. Yep. Pretty soon it's going to be 20. Pretty. Yep. So I mean, and by that point, when it's, it's, over. When it's 10 or 20% of all cars are EVs. And rising fast. You know who doesn't want to buy a gas car anymore? Pretty much everybody. Right. They will realize at that point, oh, this is the past. This is like horses. I don't want to be riding a horse anymore. Nope. I want to be in the new shiny thing. So the Fremont, California-based autonomous vehicle technology company Pony AI, which was founded in 2016, was just granted the first autonomous driving taxi license in China. Wow, when you said Fremont, California-based autonomous vehicle technology company, I thought you were going to say Tesla. Right. No, I was surprised uh, that it wasn't actually based in China. Like mm -hmm. they, they do have offices in China, but like, yeah, they have their headquartered in Fremont. Hmm. So Pony will be operating a fleet of 100 autonomous taxis starting in Guangzhou. As of April of this year, Pony's autonomous vehicles have driven over 11 million kilometers with 200,000 kilometers being driven without a safety driver. That's not a lot of miles compared to like Tesla. Yeah, but all Teslas have drivers. True. Okay. So Pony will start with safety drivers behind the wheel, but says they will soon be removing them as they're allowed to. So up until now, Pony has operated on limited permits and have given 700,000 rides since 2018 in both Beijing and Guangzhou. And they claim that they have passed their safety tests, including autonomous driving for 24 months, at least 1 million kilometers of testing mileage and zero 
accidents, which is hard to believe, but that allowed them to get their latest taxi permit. Customers will now be able to use the Pony Pilot Plus app to hail an autonomous taxi between 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 p.m. It's interesting to note that Pony had its California driverless permit suspended in October of 2021 when one of their test cars hit a road center divider in Fremont. In March of this year, NHTSA issued the first recall of an automated driving system and Pony agreed to update its software. Pony AI is currently a private company after pulling plans for a public offering last year. It's currently valued at about $8.5 billion and has major investments from Toyota. So 16 states, the District of Columbia, and a bunch of environmental groups like Earth Justice, Sierra Club, and the Natural Resources Defense Council are suing the U.S. Postal Service because of the USPS's decision to purchase 148,000 gas-guzzling delivery vehicles from the Oshkosh Corporation. Remember, the USPS plans to spend $11.3 billion on gas-powered vehicles that get 8.6, 8.6 miles per gallon, which is about the same as the existing fleet of gas-guzzlers bought back in the 80s. This would be the equivalent of 4.3 million passenger vehicles in terms of the CO2 produced. The USPS placed the order for the first 50,000 vehicles in March, with only 10,000 of those vehicles to be electric. Deliveries are to come by the end of next year. California's Attorney General Rob Bonta said the Postal Service has a historic opportunity to invest in our planet and in our future. Instead, it's doubling down on outdated technologies that are bad for our environment and bad for our communities. Once this purchase goes through, will be stuck with more than 100,000 new gas-guzzling vehicles on neighborhood streets for the next 30 years. There won't be a reset button. We're going to court to make sure the Postal Service complies with the law and considers more environmentally friendly alternatives before it makes this decision. Now, regulators from the EPA and White House Council on Environmental Quality have found serious deficiencies with the Postal Service's environmental study. They said that the agency significantly underestimated the cost of the gas-powered vehicles. It projected fuel prices at, get this, $2.19 per gallon. Oh, how I wish. Nearly $2 less than the U.S. average this week. And how their emissions could worsen the climate crisis. In an interview last month, Postmaster DeJoy said that the economics that my team has come up with are sound and support his agency's purchase plan. That is the math that we are going with, he said. That is the math we're going with. Yeah, let's go that's with the wrong quote. math. That is a really good quote. No, that's just the math that we're going with. <laughs> One plus three is 17, but uh, I don't that's know. Our math. That's what we're going with. The lawsuit states, astoundingly, the Postal Service signed a contract and paid millions of dollars to these vehicles first before beginning its environmental analysis to justify its action in blatant violation of the National Environmental Policy Act. The Postal Service's improper action will not only needlessly pollute every American community for decades to come, but will also cost millions more in taxpayer funds and leave the agency vulnerable to fluctuating fuel prices. Yeah, so you ever wonder why there's environmental groups? It's to these lawsuits make a difference. Yeah. Dallas County in Texas has just approved the acquisition of three new Tesla Model 3s to their fleet. It seems Dallas's county commissioners understood that getting in line for the popular Model 3 was a smart move since they're now nine to 12 months out. This is the latest of many different police departments choosing to adopt Teslas into their ranks. Remember last year, we talked with the Westport, Connecticut police chief, Fody Koskinas, about their Tesla Model 3. Yeah, we got to go for a ride along as well as hear about the significant savings switching to an EV created. And hey, if you're a police officer or live in a community with an electric vehicle in your first responder fleet, we would love to see some pictures or video about it in our community mail time or video contributor stories. Yeah, remember, send those in to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. So VW and BP 
have announced that they will be partnering to install 8,000 of VW's FlexPole chargers across Germany and the UK by the end of 2024. The first 4,000 FlexPole chargers started being deployed last week. Now, each FlexPole charger has two connectors and can charge up to 150 kilowatts. They will be rolled out at Arl and BP gas stations. Um, and you said 8,000 chargers, though. Yeah. In this press release, BP and VW said that they would be installing as many as 4,000 more by the end of 2024. So uh, it's one of those things that they do a lot in press releases where they say a number and then they add another number that they might do. And then they add the two numbers together and that becomes the headline. Hey, mom, I cleaned my room. And, oh, wow. That's great, Jesse. Um, Yeah, I cleaned uh, my bedside table. And in the next few weeks, <laughs> I could be cleaning as much as half of the rest of it. Right. You know, and you're going like, I don't think that that's cleaning your room. No, it is. That's my press release. Uh, so I just want to compare these chargers to Tesla for a second. Okay. According to the latest data from Tesla's Q1 shareholder deck, uh, Tesla installed about 720 supercharging points per month. Uh, that would equal about 25,000 points by the end of 2024. Mm -hmm. Now, FlexPole does have two charging connectors each, so that would be about 16,000 by the end of 2024. So that's not quite as, that's not even close. True. Um, now, the FlexPole charger uses Eon battery storage uh, to make it less strain on the grid to install these chargers, and that's cool. Um, but I want to point out that these chargers only charge at speeds up to 150 kilowatts. That's equivalent to Tesla's first-gen superchargers. Um, most of Tesla's superchargers can charge now at speeds of 250 kilowatts. Right, and I have lots of questions about the FlexPole charger that I couldn't find answers on. Number one, if two cars are charging simultaneously, does the charging speed drop? Mm. I'm guessing it does. Number two, how much battery storage do they have and how long does it take to recharge those batteries so that the next car that pulls in can charge up? Mm. What I mean is like, yes, it's trickle charging that battery from the grid, which is nice because you're not putting too much of a strain. But if car after car pull in, are they even going to be able to charge? Uh, number three, how many flex pole chargers will they typically be installing at each location? Because most of us know that like one charge point or two or three are generally not enough to be trusted charging locations because if one gets iced or one is broken and I get why VW is doing this. They need more chargers for their growing EV fleet, and they don't want to bear all the costs. And BP is smart to build these at their existing gas stations because customers will shop at their convenience stores. Plus, BP says that they have, quote, set out an ambition to be a net zero company by 2050. All right. They got 28 years. You know, I've been alive for about 28 years. I think... None of their executives will be alive in 28 years, probably, or be with the company. So they don't care. They don't they, care. Look, that's a bunch of greenwashing bull <laughs> that companies put out when they know they're not going to get there. You are not putting out a goal of 2050 for anything could, you really want to do. Can you imagine if you went to your boss and you, and you said, hey, boss, by 2050, I am going to do, you could say anything, right? Because as soon as you say by 2050, your boss goes, I don't care. Right. Neither of us are going to be working here. Right. By 2050, right. we're both going to be retired. Right. Yeah, I look, I mean, because it's just going to be in Germany, in the UK, if they install all of the chargers that they're saying, it's going to be pretty great because it, yeah. concentration wise, that's better than Tesla's supercharger network, which sure. is global. Sure. But if, I don't know. If you can trust like, but that's if they install more than two 
charging points at each location right. because I just can't trust two charging points. It, it It's kind of like EVgo here in America. Um, there are a lot of EVgo stations all over the place. Some of them are 50 kilowatts. So I understand this isn't a perfect apples to apples comparison, but most of the time they're broken. Right. And maybe it's not most of the time. Maybe it's just 10% of the time. 10% of the time is most of the time. Right. You have to understand right. from a charging perspective. You can't just pull up to a place and be like, oh, I can't charge here. I'm screwed. I'm screwed because I drove here right. to charge. I right. probably went five, 15 miles out of my right. way to get here, ran out of battery juice. Now I need to charge and now I can't charge. That's useless. I have a solution that we're going to talk about on the Patreon bonus story. Oh, so. okay. By the way, if you want to share this clip with your friends, but you don't want to share the whole show, we have a clips channel where we've chopped these up into bite-sized clips that you can easily share. Uh, it's a really fun place to go to check out news. All right, it's time for Into the Future. And we are sponsored by our friends over at Henson Shaving. You can get yourself 100 free blades. That's 200 shaves because they're double-sided blades. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is head over to HensonShaving.com and use the code NOWYOUKNOW to get a hundred free blades when you purchase your Henson shaver. Which, by the way, is the most sustainable shaver I've ever found. Yeah. I mean, the, the blades are recyclable, so... And the shaver's going to last more than a lifetime. Definitely. You know how they say, uh, oh, they don't make them like they used to. Now Henson they do. Henson shaver, <laughs> first of all, could never have been made until very recently. Right. The technology in the razor is amazing. Mm -hmm. or not in the razor, but in the manufacturing of it is amazing. Right. Um, and yeah, it will probably outlive you. Okay, so Jesse, would you like an electric submarine? I already know the uh, answer. Yeah. So check this out. This is the Nexus by U-Boat Works. And it's yellow. I know, right? Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to call it a U-boat, though. <laughs> just That's just me. But it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, well, you could call it the Nexus 8, because that's the variant name. It fits up to nine people, one pilot, six adults, and two children. Sweet. So how deep can it go? 200 meters. It has a 62-kilowatt-hour battery, so it can stay down there for about 18 hours at a time. And the Nexus is only U-boat's latest electric submarine. They actually have eight different models. Plenty of them are smaller. So if you just want like a little fun solo unit. No, I want a big crew. Oh, you do? Yeah. You know, it does look like it was kind of inspired by the 2004 Wes Anderson film Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Yeah. Uh, so how much does this cost? Jesse, you remember when we talk about nautical things, if you have to ask. Oh, you can't afford it. Okay. Um, I think this is, would be good for, for like resorts. You know what I mean? Because you have the one seat for the pilot, mm. and then you have, you know. I so totally agree. I would I, I put down in the comments how much you'd be willing to pay to do like a little coral reef mm. kind of. Yeah. It's really right? neat. Really neat. I think so. I, I didn't know that I wanted a submarine, and now I want a submarine. It really sucks. All right, time for Going Green, and we're brought to you by EcoWare. If you want to find the shirts that Zach and I are wearing, along with uh, dozens more different designs, you don't have to get them just on shirts. You can put them on uh, backpacks, mugs, shower curtains, pet gear. Yeah, anything you're basically looking for. If you're looking for any kind of gifts, uh, it's a little late for Mother's Day, but uh, you could be thinking about Father's Day a little right. bit further down the line. Uh, definitely head over there. And the cool part about EcoWare is that we carbon offset the whole purchase, right. uh, everything from the manufacturing of the item to the shipping of that item to your door, all the way through the life cycle of that item. So all the way to you throwing it away. On top of that carbon offset, we also plant multiple trees for every order, and we help to cap wells with our friends at the Well Done Foundation. 
Yeah, you can really feel good about your purchases at EcoAir. Go check it out. All right, so a ski resort in New Mexico is adopting an electric snow groomer. This is the Piston Bully 100E. All right, so can you give me some stats, some uh, yeah. numbers? All right. Okay, so it has a 126 kilowatt hour battery at 400 volts. Um, That's about what I'd expect. Okay. Yeah, and so it has about two and a half to three hours of operation time, which oh. is uh, because is that, it's so big and it's going to be pushing snow around. Is that, like that good? I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, so if anyone has any experience with snow grooming. Because it seems a little low, but maybe I'm wrong. Low. Maybe that's a long day of grooming. I don't know. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, also, the uh, charge time is about five hours to get to 75%, 100% in six and a half hours. I mean, that's fine if you can you know, charge it overnight, but right. then it would imply that you would need a full day of work, I would think. Right. Um, I don't know. It can also reach a top speed of 16.7 miles an hour. I think it was interesting in this video that one of the operators was saying that they're used to the sound of the gas powered one, like, I guess, helping them understand what they're doing. My guess would be speed. Um, you could judge by your, what gear you're in and the engine revs to determine how fast you're going. In this case, you would hear revs, I'm guessing, but you probably aren't going to hear it as loudly. And then in the comments below, let me know, there's this section um, of the video where it puts down this special thing in the back and it makes these two grooves. And I'm assuming that's for cross-country skiers, mm. but I don't know what I'm talking about. So let me know if that's yeah. right. Not, I'm not a cross-country skier. No, but that's Really cool because now there's an option. And if you think about it, a lot of ski resort places want to be environmental and they want to tell their customers that. So mm -hmm. it's great that there's now an option that I think a lot of skiers would rather go to a resort that had this. And I'd be really keen to know the total cost of ownership because I imagine something like this is going to have a lot of maintenance, especially when we're talking about engines. Um, now but not as much on the electric one. Right. I mean, now it has two 90 kilowatt motors and I'm sure that those are going to last a really long time. You know, that's less power than I thought it would need. Mm. I mean, that's not a lot of power. But I think it's going to be using close to the max of that most of the time mm. if, if uh, it has only two and a half hours to three hours of charge. Right. So. All right, it's time for Sunspots. We've been reporting on the stories and the data to show you, our dear viewers, that wind and solar are the future of where we humans will get our electricity. Now, the trends are clear to Jesse and I, like this recent report from Ember showing that 18% of U.S. generated energy in March came from wind and solar. That's 59 terawatt hours. This is a new record, breaking the old record from March of 2021 of 53 terawatt hours. Ember reports that the global trend toward wind and solar has doubled since 2015, delivering a record 10% of global electricity in 2021. Wind and solar continued to be the fastest growing forms of electricity worldwide for the 17th year in a row. Yeah, Germany, Spain and the UK all produce more than 25 percent of their electricity from wind and solar. So I'm really sick and tired of people saying wind and solar can't really make up much of the grid. It would be bad for the grid and it, can't, it just can't happen. It's happening. Right. Just people don't know about it. But, you know, that's why we do the show. And that's why we tell you about Energy Pal, because if you'd like to get solar, I'm sure you have a lot of questions about it. I'm sure when you call a solar company, you're like, I can't trust them. You can trust Energy Pal because they're like a third party. They want to make sure you get the best solar. And the cost of getting you that information is free. It gets paid for 
by your installer anyway. So if you want to get those answers, reach out to Energy Pal, tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you, and hopefully you'll get the answers you need. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. Send them in to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. And what do we got this week, Jesse? This week, we've got Tyson's Ride On that has a solar canopy. Let's check it out. Greetings from Sunshine Coast, uh, Australia. Uh, my name's Tyson. I just thought I'd uh, share with everyone this is um, this is my 48 volt uh, electric ride-on, and I've just done some adaptions to it, which have been um, really helpful around the property. Uh, so I thought I'd share it with everyone. So these are all 12 volt panels connected in a series to get the 48 volts. So this tops me up as I zip around, and it goes straight into a little charge controller here and into the batteries. Pretty simple and. Um, the other thing that the, the canopy also doubles, of course, for rain and sun protection and um, being as it's electric, I can go really early in the morning. And the frame also gives me some storage space, which is great for electric brush cutter and everything that I need. And also uh, I tow behind my little trailer there. So uh, I can zip around and pretty much do all the jobs I need. And it's quiet and uh, lots of fun and eco-friendly, of course. So yeah, that's all. Lots of good benefits to it. And um, yeah, if anyone wanted to give it a try, it's, uh, yeah, it's all possible. So uh, thanks for listening and uh, I'll see you next time. Wow, Tyson. Tyson, you rock, my friend. Oh, That's awesome. This is what I mean when people are like, you know, kind of, people don't like electric because they think that it's going to be like an iPhone and they're going to have to buy it and it's going to be expensive and they're not going to be able to play with it and do anything fun and hmm. and tinker. Did you see what he just did there? He tinkered. He tinkered. He made something immeasurably better. Mm -hmm. uh, I have always been thinking, oh, I need a shed to my, put my lawnmower in. He has now defeated the, the need for even right. a shed. What a cool project. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about the future. Tyson, thank you so much. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And this week, we've got a couple Investor Club bonus stories. Uh, we've got info on Ford's latest financials. New way to charge your EV. Lewis Rossman speaks out about Chevy. And leaked Elon text messages and more. So head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. Support us for as little as a buck a month, and you're going to get all these Patreon bonus stories. We'll see you there. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. That was a lot of fun. It's time for our shout outs. Who do we got this week, Jess? We got Hawaiian Tesla fanboy. TC Poole. Sam Pope. John Billig. Imaginator. Scott Bragg. Randy Flanagan. Diamond Hands Dan. JL. Rick Gebhardt. Jeremy Grunenfelder. Sylvan Zuber. Mark. Andres Aristobal. Mats Matheson. Giovanni Rojo. Daniel Hitzman. Joseph Everett. Sam McNee. William Woodard. Denise McKeek. Idi Jandani. Dan Anderson and Robert Alter. Thank you so much for supporting this channel. We can't do this work without you. All right, it's time for our Patreon poll. Uh, what was the question this week? What should we test on the Rivian next? What's the number one answer? Number one answer was range, charging speed, and road trips. Oh, well, we already got some of that that we shot. We're going to be coming out that soon. That's good. And then it uh, looks like towing is next, and then camping, and then off-road, cargo, and a lot of other comments of other things we should do. My favorite comment, by the way, was testing out um, power tools mm. using the Both plugs. air and electric. Yeah, because I want to know if I can use a nail gun. Yeah, let's go do it. Build a cabin in the middle of the woods. Right. Huh? All right, it's time for community mail time. Community mail time. 
Remember to share your stories at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. We've got this story from Natasha. They sent us this TikTok of father and son team trying to beat their previous nonstop driving record of 73 hours and 27 minutes. Set back in March of 2020, they drove across Canada from Tsaswan, BC to Point Pleasant Park, Nova Scotia. Look at this route. They ran out of juice on this trip and needed to be towed to the supercharger. That's what you're seeing here. So did they beat their record? They did it this time in 73 hours and 24 minutes, beating the record by three minutes. <laughs> wow, that's wow. coming down to the wire. Ramon sent us this photo of his satin matte wrapped Model 3 performance. Wow, look at those wheels. Yeah. Tanner spotted this Hummer EV in Dallas, Texas. John spotted this Lucid ad at the Munich airport. Cameron said, I wanted a carport to protect my old vehicle from the weather in the UK. Looked at ready-made units, but decided to go down the bespoke route and had a local company make the frame to take six by 400 watt solar panels, feeding a two kilowatt solar edge inverter. Not finished as yet, just need to fit a clear panel between the solar panels and have the inverter commissioned, but I'm pleased with the results. I think this is the first solar carport in Ludlow. Michael says, hey, Zach and Jesse and the great team of people at Now You Know, I live in a city near Copenhagen, Denmark, and I often see loaner cars for when your car is at the service center. But unfortunately, it's the gas guzzling type. But then this past Tuesday, I saw this Tesla Model 3 with the text Auto Skadstun, which roughly translates to the auto emergency room and the text Landbill, which roughly translates to loaner car. But I think it's really cool, neat and exciting to see private companies having loaner cars that are electric and especially the nice kind of electric cars. Whether it's for a customer with another Tesla or electric car or the more intriguing option, a gas guzzler, which gets to try electric. Either way, it's good for the company, the customer, everybody's health and the climate and so much more. Thank you to my favorite YouTube show. And Michael says, just because you aren't making progress as fast as you think you should does not mean you aren't making progress. Keep going. Thank you, Michael. Good words to live by. Randy says, hi, Zach and Jesse. Congratulations on taking delivery of your new Rivian. I'm the first in Southern California to receive a launch edition Canyon Red. And after talking to the delivery specialist who's delivered most of the Rivian trucks in SoCal, he said that he's not delivered a Canyon Red truck until today. I took it out for a spin just an hour ago, and it still gets my adrenaline going with the incredible acceleration. Randy. Thank you, Randy. Kevin sent us these Model 3 pictures with the SpaceX package from an EV event in Wisconsin. That's fun. Pamela and Johan sent us these pictures of a wrapped Model 3 they spotted in Fort Langley, British Columbia, Canada. Bjorn said, hey, Zach and Jesse, here's my 2019 Tesla Model 3 out on the beach on the coast of West Sweden on Melbistrand near Halmstad in the south of the country. I slept in the car last summer that night that you see on the picture. Great show you do every week. Now you know. Thank you, Bjorn. All right, it's time for supercharger reviews, and we got a beautiful supercharger, but it's not a supercharger. It is a Rivian charger. Jarrett sent us this photo of a beautiful Rivian charger in San Francisco near the Golden Gate Bridge. I looked it up on my Rivian app, and those are two 11-kilowatt Rivian chargers, so they're not super in any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but they are chargers nonetheless. And it's a very beautiful location. It is. You get the, uh, you get the Golden, Golden Gate, Gate Bridge. Bridge. background's very nice. So yeah, let's see what we got for new superchargers out there in the world. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Chris Bolton coming to you from Cache Creek in British Columbia, Canada. Uh, we have a new eight-stall supercharger here that just turned on. Doesn't quite show up on the map yet, but uh, it's up and running. We have a couple uh, flow chargers and all, as well as the BC Hydro chargers as well. Great place to stop. There's uh, lots of places around to eat. There's a Hungry Herbie's across the street. Great place to get a shake and a burger. Uh, there's also a visitor information center as well. It's right off the highway. I give this a uh, 10 out of 10 for access. And uh, now you know. Hey, 
it's Don and Marianne here at the new Tesla Supercharger in Garner, North Carolina. Yep, it's a version three, eight stall. Uh, it's not the drop-in. This one looks like it's custom built. Yep, we have a, uh, for disabled access, use last only um, a pedestal over here where the ground is painted for wheelchair access. I suspect that's why it's not the pre prefab. We've got picnic tables to eat at. There's some here and there's also some behind me over there. Trash can, uh, a dog cleanup station, so it's totally okay to allow your dog to come back over here uh, while, you're, while you're at the supercharger. Yeah, lots of security. They've got cameras from Smithfields. The ATM's got one. And if you stop and the Smithfield restaurant is closed, just on the other side of the Smithfield is a Speedway uh, that's open 24-7. Yep, so there's a gas station here where you could uh, buy snacks or use the restroom at any time of the yeah, day. It's, this is super easy on off if you're westbound on I-40. If you're eastbound, you have to make left turns to get here. But it's not bad. I mean, it's, I mean that's I-40 right there. Other yeah. than the construction is the only drawback, but that'll be done in a couple years. Yeah, lots of lighting here in the parking lot. So besides the cameras, I think at night it's going to be oh, lit yeah. up well. And um, make sure if you stop in to check out the barbecue. Yeah. First off, the fried chicken and barbecue is awesome. And yeah. secondly, Smithfield is putting in destination chargers yeah. and superchargers all, all over the thing. state. And we want to support that business because they're really helping out us EV drivers. Yeah. So what do you think, Donnie? Well, normally I would, you know, probably like a seven out of 10, but, but because it's at Smithfield's eight out of 10, baby. I agree. And we may have had some barbecue yeah. while we were sitting here. <laughs> Hey, Zach and Jesse, love the show. Eight stall, supercharger review, Target, St. Louis Park, Minnesota, off of Highway 100 and Excelsior. Uh, eight stalls there. There are four charge point stalls as well. The Target uh, is back behind me. There's a couple benches if you want to sit down. It's a nice day today. Uh, across the street, if you want some food, there's a Lund's and Byerly's in there. Of course, restrooms at both of those facilities. If you wanted to walk a little bit farther, you could probably go to Starbucks, Trader Joe's, Goodwill, a few other food vendors on Excelsior Boulevard. I think I'd rate this an 8 out of 10. There you go. Now you know. Hi, everyone. This is Joel coming to you from the Walcott, Iowa 8-stall supercharger with one pull-in. This is a version three, so you'll get good speeds at this location. It is located in the world's largest truck stop right along Interstate 80. This place has everything from shops, accessories for your car, plenty of restaurants. There's uh, fast food places both inside the main building and across the street. Uh, there's lots to do here. You can easily not be bored at this place. The good thing about the stalls is they're just far enough away from the main building that they should never be iced. This location is right on Interstate 80 and it's a probably eight out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. If you're wondering why we have all these videos of, of random people in random parts of the world, we actually have a map which is all nice and organized and you can see all the superchargers on that map and a lot of them have Supercharger Reviews and you can upload your own. Head over to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. All right, so what have we got for new superchargers? We got the eight stall in Leesburg, Virginia, and California Drive. Got the six stall in Cranbrook, British Columbia. The six stall Urban, 72 kilowatt, in Las Vegas at West Flamingo Road in Nevada. 
We got the 16 stall in Robertsdale, Alabama. The 8 stall in Manorville, New York. We got the 8 stall in Apopka, Florida. The 8 stall in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The 12 stall in Ellensburg in Washington. The 8 stall in Bee Cave, Texas. The 12 stall in Fort Myers, Florida. The 8 stall in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. The 8 stall in Millen, Georgia. And the 16 stall in Superior, Colorado. Nice. That's a good number. All right, it's time for the Patreon comment of the week. And I wanted to thank a lot of you for thanking us. Uh, Moon Thief said, awesome job on making the video last week appear seamless. On the main show, if you hadn't said anything, I doubt anyone would have realized. And I didn't realize what a great job our editing crew and that you and I would do. <laughs> I really thought it would look weird when I would be like waiting for you to talk and, you know, yeah. I'd be just nodding. It was <laughs> so weird. I'm sitting here in this empty room just being like. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Wow, that's really good point, and I'm, Zach. And I'm, I'm wow. thinking in my head like, okay, so Jesse's reading his line. What's he saying right now? And what I realized I missed the most was um, that I'm used to, you know, we have some script that we have here that we read, but a lot of the show is unscripted. It's it's our thoughts, and those come out kind of in the moment. Yep. And so uh, it was really hard because we had to script them ahead of time and be like, what are you going to say? Yeah. And that's not how we really do the show. So thank you for putting up with us. Um, we wanted to keep the show alive even though COVID was rearing its head. That was, you know, 294 shows in a row we're now 295 i mean a lot of people are like are you going to stop at 300 i have no plans to stop um there's so much exciting news to bring to you every week i, I want to keep bringing you this important news and i really want to um i want to thank you for your time it's the most valuable thing that um we get to interact with um i really want to thank our patrons i don't think that we would have been able to make last week work um it just it, if we didn't have our Patreon supporting us, it just it it's so much harder to do certain things. Right. Um, and knowing that even if last week's show wasn't going to be the best, which it wasn't, um, knowing that we have the support of our patrons makes it so that way we can do the show. So I want to thank our patrons so much. And if you want to join them over on Patreon, um, we have a lot of. I know that we say the word perks a lot, uh, but you should really go check them out. There's lots of different tier levels where you're going to be getting a lot of different things. I want to mention specifically, you're noticing all these names floating past here. Yep. These are people who support us at the $5 level. Um, they get a shout out. You, you heard us do the shout outs earlier in the show. You will get a shout out. Um, there's a bit of a wait time between when you sign up and we're getting through the names and we read just a certain number of names every week. Um, so that's one of the levels. Also, our investor club um, gets a, a ton of extra content every week. Right. Um, and of course, if you sign up for one level, you get everything below it. So it's, right. we try and make it as valuable as possible. Um, and we really appreciate our patrons for making this show possible. But yeah, you can check it out for as little as a buck a month and uh, get to see all the Patreon bonus stories and just see if you like it. Yeah. So we'll see you next week as we always do. Now you know. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.